So um, I'm going to talk for a few minutes. This is a prophetic message. That is, it's the message of orientation. That is, what is God doing? And uh, understanding what God's doing, how do we respond to that? What, what are the times and seasons that we're living in? I want to start with, we had a big uh, windstorm. We live in Jamestown, just, which is on the other side of Greensboro. And a uh, little sweet little town. There was a big windstorm that came through about uh, six weeks ago. And it was, it was vicious. And we live on the, de- on the banks of the deep river, which is, sounds impressive, but it's, it's, not, it's not really big. And it's not really deep. Uh, but we're on, the, we're on the banks of it. And being North Carolina or anywhere in the south, a river means bottomland and big trees. It, it doesn't mean grass. It means big trees that are right up to the bank. And, and uh, so we live on, on, that, on that river. And our bedroom is on the second floor. And it's some weird thing, I always sleep, even in the cold weather, with my window cracked open. I just like... Uh, I like to hear the night. It's a strange, I just like to hear the night and like to feel a little breeze. And, and uh, I had the window open and uh, Gloria was sleeping soundly as she does about five o'clock in the morning before the sun was up. Uh, in fact, it was the, that's the deepest part of the dark of the uh, night. And uh, the wind began to blow furiously in gusts. And after just a few minutes, a huge tree now, uh, we're, we're right, we're uh, about 150 feet from the river. And the huge trees grow up between us and the river. And all of a sudden, I heard this huge tree crash. And, and it, it came, boom, with limbs breaking and everything. And I was lying there, and being me, uh, and being maybe a normal guy, I always, whenever there's anything going on, I run out and open the door and stick my head outside. I just want to see what's going on. That doesn't make sense when it's a lightning storm, but I do it. It's just me. I'm always going to get up, grab my flashlight, and run to see what's going on, make sure my house is okay. Look at Charlie. Yeah. I just saw him. You're a farmer. I'm a, yeah. Well, I, I was raised in the south. And, and um, I started to jump up and grab my flashlight, and God said, nope, lay right there. And I didn't realize it was God, uh, which is the way it is. See, it always takes a minute to realize, hey, wait a minute. That was not me. Who was speaking to me? That was God. And so I'm lying there, and God says, lie still. And I, I was waked out of a dead sleep, and I was totally at rest physically with my eyes wide open. And then these, the gust would come through with more huge trees. I went down there later, huge trees this big around were snapping about four feet up off the ground. And then the trunks were being thrown six to ten feet away. That's how strong the wind was. That snap. So you hear all the crashing, and I'm lying there in tree after tree, and it felt like, in my heart, in my mind, like giants were stomping right outside my bedroom window. It was dangerous. And at any time, one of those trees could have taken a notion and come right over on my second story, second floor bedroom window and come right in and talk to me. But it didn't. 
And, but, but it sounded like giants just boom, 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 boom. And God's saying the whole time, clear as a bell, be still. Just be at rest. It'll be all right. And I'm lying there, and I realize the, the prophet, God speaking to me. And here's what he was telling me. He wasn't telling me just for me. This one of the jobs as a prophet is God will do things to you that are actually what he's going to be doing. It's revelatory. It's what he will be doing later to everybody. So God says, lie there, don't move. All will be, all will be well. Be at rest. So here's the interpretation for you. It's just, not just for me, but it's for everybody in this country right now. Storms are here and more are coming. It will be like giants stomping around. Storms are here and more are coming. It will be like giants stomping around. And we are not in control. We're in the middle of storms now. I was born between the surrender of Nazi Germany and before the atom bomb was dropped in Hiroshima. When I, I was born into a country in complete unity that had come together for one purpose, which was to defeat the, the uh, Axis powers in Germany and in Japan. I was born into a time of tremendous unity where the flag meant the flag. And everybody respected the flag. Uh, we honored the flag. Uh, the, 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 the fact that we had democracy and a constitution were immovable facets of our society. The storm is now so severe in this country that the constitution is called into, into question. The, uh, last night, I heard an interview where, where people were saying, we need to subject Supreme Court justices to the same election process as everyone else. Of course, it's a violation of the U.S. Constitution, and it's a violation of the theory they used when they were creating the Constitution. But now what the Founding Fathers thought is now being ridiculed, and we have had a constitutional storm is stomping all around us, and we are not in control of this. We've got economic storms. You, you read maybe about the, in Canada now, um, uh, if, you're, if you're a trucker and you're not vaccinated, you do not have permission even to go to a restaurant on the road. You do not have permission to drive into the United States to pick up a load. You can't cross the border. So process after, and freedom is falling. Individual freedom is falling all over the country. These are storms that are upon us. And it's like giants stomping all around us. And we're worried, well, are we going to be hit? Shouldn't we do something? Don't we need to get up and in alarm, run outside and check and see what's going on? Do we need to build a bomb shelter? What do we need to do? God will allow, it's going to look like a disaster. God will allow storms, destruction, and disorder to come. I'm going to say that again. God will allow storms, 
destruction and disorder to come for his purposes. Let me read this to you. This is uh, Luke 8, 22 through 25. Now, God's in control of the storm. God's in control of the storm. One day he got into a boat, that's Jesus, with his disciples, and, he's, and keep in mind, they were all fishermen, professional fishermen. And he said to them, let's go across to the other side of the lake. That sounds innocent, doesn't it? God said, well, let's go over there. Okay, God, let's go over there. It'll be a nice trip. You're with God. Watch out. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. You ever been praying all desperately for something? You feel like God's not, God hasn't answered. You don't even know where he is. He's asleep in the back of the boat. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. These guys have been fishing on this place their whole life. And they went and woke him. And they said, well, just God, Jesus said, let's go across the river, the uh, lake. Let's go across over there. Professional fisherman, what's the big deal? We've been working on this lake all our life. But you follow God. They went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And he awoke. What did he do? He rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, where's your faith? They were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him? Isn't that cool? You've got to just steal your heart a minute and look at this. you just got to go, wait a minute. He commands the wind and the water. So he says to me, I'm lying in my bed on the second floor and Gloria's fast asleep and she missed the whole thing. <laughs> and and the boom, boom, boom and the trees coming down and crashing and God says, it's okay. But God, this stuff feels like one of these trees is getting ready to come right, just lean slightly the wrong way and it's going to come right in on me. Be still. And he's in control of your storm. Why? Why is God bringing a storm? Because the landscape is going to be different. God's got a purpose in mind. Everything he does has a purpose in mind. And at times, he will bring a storm because he's going to change your landscape and what you've been used to, what's been happening, the way everything has been working, he's going to change. But he's got other things to accomplish, so he's going to change our landscape and beloved he's going to change the landscape of the church in the united states and he's going to change the landscape of the united states read your scripture this is mark 13 1 and 2 is this making sense a little bit maybe you're uncomfortable right now because you don't want the god of the storm you want everything to remain the same quiet undisturbed even if it's not really working. We'll, we, can, we can accept a familiar disaster rather than having a change. Mark 13, 1 and 2. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Okay, they're, 
They're back there in that Bible time. Uh, that's funny. That's real precise. It is a Bible time. And so the biggest thing around them that any of them had ever seen was the temple in Jerusalem. It was massive. It was huge. All these beautifully cut stones and everything. They, don't, they didn't build like we do today. Uh, it, it's these big stones and all fit together and, and perfect seams and everything and no wavy edges like what I would do, just sort of, sort of get it straight. And this is huge. Look at all this beautiful stuff, Master, uh, and wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. This happened when Titus came, the Roman general, in 70 AD. And on purpose, they levered every stone down except one little section of one wall to remind the Jews of the power of Rome forever. It's still there. But God prophesied that the temple would be torn down. Now, if we had been there with our mentality, Jesus said this thing's going to be torn down. We said, no, let's get a prayer group going. Charlie and I will get a prayer group going. And, and we'll, maybe we'll let Gail in and we'll start praying, Lord, preserve your temple. And not only that, bring more people in. Bring them in, God. And at that point, say, you're praying for what you have known to stay the same. When God says, I'm going to uproot what you know because I'm going to do something new. And so there are times when God is moving, when God brings a storm, when God begins to change the landscape, that it's not time to say we want to keep calm and keep everything the way it was, even though that was 65% dysfunctional. I don't know. Some percent of dysfunction, but we're, we're familiar with the dysfunction. We can deal with it. 70 AD was torn down, and what you may not realize that the, the temple was the place where, according to the Pentateuch, was where sacrifices were made, which was necessary for the cleansing of sin. It was the place where the priesthood operated. And when the temple was torn down, it destroyed any way, according to Scripture, for the Jews to receive forgiveness of sin. There's been no blood sacrifice since 70 A.D. Wow. Destroyed the Jewish religion as it was set up in the Scripture. Isn't that astonishing? But Jesus was the one who set it in motion when he prophesied it. He's the God of the storm. All right. So why was the temple taken away? The temple was taken away to make room for the second temple. Let me read this to you. Astonishing scriptures. Do you not know that you are God's temple? You, that's us. It's a plural you. Don't you know, excuse me, let's use southern, which is more precise English. Don't you know y'all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Amen. 70 AD had to happen for Peter to stand up and say, don't you know y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit? What has to happen now? 
for God's purposes to be worked out in his church in the United States. Or do you not know, this is 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. And listen to this, 2 Corinthians 6, 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. So God destroys one thing to make room for the next thing he's doing. All right. And then this last one, which I just saw, Revelation 21, 22, and I saw this is talking about the, 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 the end time city of God. All right. Revelation 21, 22. And listen to this. I saw no temple in the city. How about that? I saw no temple in the city. No architectural stone temple where we can once again all just come in and no, I didn't see it. Why? Yes, thank you, sir. That's right. He saw no temple because it says uh, God the Almighty and the Lamb, they're the temple. We are joined with, we are one with Christ. And in Him, we constitute the temple now. So God had to destroy what was there to make room for what he was doing next, which was us. And if we, with this knowledge, understood, and we were there when, before 70 AD, and Titus and his terrible Roman army, that was something, were coming up. Uh, no, Israel was no match for the technology of the Romans. But knowing what we know today, we would have to stand there and go, God, help them. Lord, help them. We don't pray for this thing not to happen, but God, help us in the process. Help us. And Jesus gave prophecy about that. He said, when you see this coming, get out. Don't even stop to get your coat. Get out. He gave prophecy. Legend has the Christians in the city at that time had listened to that word and left. God will display his power in the middle of the storm. So God said to me, be at rest in the middle of the storm that we're in that's going to continue and we'll have very, and we can't even, I'm not going to try to prophesy this stuff. It's going, it's the storm. God says, be at rest. Don't get upset. Don't strike out in anxiety and miss God. Let me say that again. Don't strike out. When we get frightened, we strike out. We lose our sense. We lose our sense of place in God. We strike out. God says, don't do that. He will direct us. So we've had something that's been happening to us since the storm. Uh, and for a, about two weeks, I couldn't even understand. But every morning, Gordy and I get up and we have breakfast. and We set our table in the kitchen, the the kitchen nook and we get everything set and and after it's all set uh, we sit down and we and we pray and we thank God and we, we've been praying blessing over food since we were saved but something happened about two about a week after the storm uh, I got ready to pray and all I could I was overwhelmed by the presence of God just 
filling me up. Oh, and he was saying to me, I've provided everything for you. I've provided a place for you to sleep. I've taken care of you. You've got clothes to wear. I've provided people that love you. I've, I've provided everything for you. And, and he's told me over and over again, and he's tried to train me. Eh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not making any claims. Uh, quit worrying about these things. Don't you know I love you? Don't you know I provide for you? I take care of you. And I'm, I'm not making any big claim, but I'm good at this. But, but the last couple of weeks, and, and then he said, you know, I've got all of your needs taken care of. All you are free to serve me. You are free to advance my kingdom. You have no other task to labor at. You are free. I love you. We're standing, we're sitting there at the breakfast table, and, and you know we always, you know, breakfast, you know, you just pray because you're hungry. You're hungry, and, and we have some bacon and eggs, good eggs and toast and a little bit of jam. It's maybe not as good as the reputedly world-famous jam. I don't know. I told her this morning when I heard about this that I had no idea if she had the best jam in the world. I'd have to taste it. And by the way, I'd be glad to come on the canning cooking day and be a taste tester if your jam's any good. I'd be glad to come. Some, some of the others would come too just to tell us when to be there. Yeah. At breakfast, God's been speaking to me. And we're just being enveloped in this, in this peace and the love of God. And I know it, it comes out of God saying to me, lie still in the middle of the storm. Quit your worrying. Brother, uh, what, what's your name? Um, the guy in the gray shirt right there. Looking back. You. Yeah, what's your name? I forgot. Dylan. Dylan. Hey, Dylan. You've told me about eight times so far. But I'm 76. When you're 76, you have to be told a lot. Names of people and things like that. It's just, you know. It goes in. Dylan comes in and goes out and fall out. Uh, it's, it's just some... Uh, Daryl would work. Uh, Daryl, would you stand up, please? Listen, brother, God, God's call is on you. Uh, and he's got you in his river. The current of his river is carrying you. Uh, don't strive on how you're going or where you're going because he is the one initiating the whole thing. Uh, and whether you, whether, if you're in a storm or not in a storm, just remember, lie there. Uh, he's got everything taken care of. And he says to you, I will take care of you. I will take care of your needs. I will take care of companionship and relationship and everything. Just follow me and advance my kingdom, says God. Does that make sense to you? It's going to be really important. Your, your ability and striving to be able to do things and accomplish things and solve problems is great, but he's got, the, he's got you in his river, and that is not a problem. Okay? Thank you, brother. Does that make sense? Yeah, I figured it would. I figured it would. So, we're going to be left as the storms recede in the church and in the country. We're going to be left with a different landscape. Things will be gone. 
There are going to be businesses that are gone. There are going to be politicians that are gone. There are going to be apostles like Pete Beck Jr. that are gone. You can't turn around and call. I, I would see Pete every Tuesday morning. And, and we'd sit around just sort of talking. But whatever was going on, Pete would make sense of it. And things are going to be different. And you're going to not know particularly what to do. Let me read this to you. This is out of Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 5. I love this. You ready? Who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Whatever wilderness you've been in, whatever wilderness we're in now in the United States, that's just training. And what it creates in us is a dependence on him. When you can't predict, when you can't control events, when uh, the temple is gone, when whatever is destroyed, or maybe the company you were working for has shut its doors, I don't know. But whatever's going on, God will create in you in that time if you lie there in a place of peace and at rest, God will create in you a dependence on him. One day the Holy Spirit will save you and will save me. <laughs> That's Michael Cotton out there. Look at him coming up out of the desert. Leaning on his beloved in a holy dependence on him. And not on your own strength. Because you had to abandon your strength when the giants were stomping all around. You had to abandon your strength and rest in him. God says, this is a few verses after that first verse. He says, set me as a seal upon your heart. Listen. Lord. You're the seal. On my heart. I set you there. I s set me as a seal upon your arm. I set God as a seal on my affections and my mind. And I set him as an affection, as a seal on my arm. That is what I would do. Both my affections and what I do as a man. I set God as a seal on those things. For love, this is his love, is as strong as death. Jealousy, that is his jealousy. He won't allow anyone else to be put next to him or above him. Your strength, your intelligence, your opinion, he will not allow that to be set up next to him. Love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire. The very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love. No storm can quench his love. None. Neither can floods drown it. If a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. That is, you can't buy it. No money, nothing in the world 
has the value of his law. And that's the answer to the storm. Set him as a seal on your heart and set him as a seal on everything you would, every action you would take. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Kelly, I see you on a, riding on a log raft on God's river. You're in the middle of his current. Nice raft. Somebody made it. You didn't make it. You're just floating. And you can do something. You know, you could jump off the river, jump, jump off the raft and try to put everything and take everything in your own hands, but nah. Father, we thank you. Well, it's like I'm sitting here again just giving thanks at breakfast. We thank you. Your provision for us. Just extraordinary how you've, you saved us and when we had no reason to be saved and didn't deserve it and didn't earn it because it, you can't buy it. It's love you can't buy. You gave it to us. And God did the impossible thing that without psychology or coping mechanisms, you've set your love as a seal on our hearts. Extraordinary. Lord, we rest in you that even when the, we see the giants and hear them stomping in the land and so much hatred and anger and bitterness and confusion in the church and all this, but Lord, uh, you say to us, be at rest. So Father, we take your rest and we receive your command to be at peace in this time. God, we don't, we're not going to pray against the fact what you're changing. Lord, we're not going to pray Take us back to 1945. Lord, we don't want to go back there. We know you're building something new. We know that. So, Lord, whatever it is, however you're building it, Lord, we say yes to you and we trust you. Lord, sweep us away on the current of your river and make us a people of peace. Lord, I pray for everyone here that in our own storms, in our own desert, Lord, that you would teach us this divine, un unearnable reliance on you. Lord, that it would be said of all of us that the angels and the Holy Spirit would say, look, who's this coming up out of the desert? Leaning on the arm of his or her beloved. Look at her coming up. Divine reliance and dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. King of kings. Lord of lords. 
master of the storm. In the name of Jesus, amen.